Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to this week's Impact Wrestling Press Pass Podcast. This is Rox Foreman, and uh, still waiting for Josh. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he's on another call. Just as he was last week, always on these important calls. And seems text me the minute beforehand. So we'll be going without him. Just as a reminder, this Friday we have, uh, against all odds, we have uh, the big evening debut for uh, the wrestling debut for Scarlett Bordeaux, taking on none other than Glenn Gilberti. We'll follow that up next Thursday, April 4th, Lawley Recreational Center, Lawley, New Jersey. United We Stand, a, uh, a night of truly dream matches. You got uh, Sammy Callahan, Jimmy Havoc, you got Rich Swan, you got up for the X Division, you got a uh, Ultimate X match, which Johnny Impact is now part of. Then, of course, you have Team Impact against Team Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground featuring Daga, Drago, Aerostar, Quino. Uh So it's going to be a, a loaded night. And with that, I'm going to uh, open up the phone line and welcome uh, our guest for this week, who is involved in arguably one of the most highly anticipated matches on the uh, United We Stand. It is the intergender match. Our guest today, Joey Ryan. One on one against knockout Tessa Blanchard. Joey, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are how are things going for you? Uh, things are things are. I, I'm in uh, I'm in Kansas City right now. I have a show tonight, uh, so I'm enjoying some uh, Midwest rainy weather as uh, as it were. But yeah, other than that, um, you know things are things are good. I, my flight made it on time, so I'm ready to go. Ready to rock and roll. Well, that's most important. Uh, let me ask you, your thoughts heading into United We Stand one-on-one with Tessa Blanchard? Um, I mean, I think it's an incredible opportunity for uh, Tessa and I to really show what intergender wrestling uh, can do and what it can be. Um, she's obviously a well-versed wrestler in all styles and all opponents. Um, one of, I think one of the best going today, um, you know, in any genre, any any matchup. So it's a, it's it's kind of an honor for me, too, because we've never had a singles match together. We've worked together in some tag matches, but we've never had a singles together. So I think this one is going to be really good. It's going to be really special. Can we talk to us about some of the times you've been in the ring with Tessa, uh, which you remember? Uh, and, and talk to us about her as a competitor. Well, so we teamed one time, and it was it was, it was cool. It was in Florida. We did that. Um, and that was... That was First time I had ever, you know, been in the ring with her. I mean, obviously I knew her previously, but the first time I ever been in the ring with her, and she has a uh, a fire and intensity about her that I think you can tell just by watching her. Um, you know, fans can see it, whether live or even on on television, they can see uh, how passionate she is and how she really carries that Blanchard uh, tradition of wrestling um, in her blood. Um, and it really, you know, and it's really uh, a sight to be seen. Um, you know, standing as close as as you are when you're in a ring with her. Um, the second time we we wrestled uh, against each other it was me and Candice LeRae versus her and Colt Cabana, actually at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, um, which is you know a large venue, and it was uh, it was cool because she doesn't, you know, the, the Florida venue was a small like high school gym kind of place, and this was the Cow Palace, and she doesn't her intensity doesn't change her her her, her um, you know she she's very much the same competitor, and you know the surroundings don't affect her. Whether it's a, a you know a huge audience or a more intimate crowd, um, she's she's a she's a professional and she's uh she's she's intense to be around. Let, let's put it that way. She's uh um a little bit more uh, intimidating even I would say uh, in the ring than you know than most are. So your thoughts about a singles match with her? Uh, she certainly is a very uh, competitive, uh, very fiery, aggressive competitor. Your thoughts about the uh, the match April third? Um, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what to expect, but I I trust that you know her and I will put on at least a show that will give the audience something to, to talk about. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit more character driven. I'm a little bit more I you know dare I say cartoonish. Uh, it's just more serious and more um you know and, and more uh intense uh, to use to, not not to overkill that word, but um. You know, so so it's definitely there's definitely a clash there, but I think that clash plays well in a situation like this where you know now now the audience will, will I think there'll be a vibe when we're in the 
ring together that the audience will feel watching. All right. Well, we will open up for media questions momentarily, but I, I'll just follow up with that uh, statement from you, Joey. Well, we're just going to ask you, let's talk about Joey Ryan in the ring these days. Certainly uh, an international superstar, very entertaining, but very accomplished as well. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I found something that works for me, and I and I ran with it. You know, and I and I'm not afraid to go over the top. I'm not afraid to, to be a, a you know, um, a spectacle. Um, you know, I, I I definitely want, I definitely want to be that. I want to earn that special attraction moniker that I get a lot when I wrestle. Um, so you know, it, it's it's you know, but you know, I, I can. I, I've I've training with you know Samoa Joe, training with Brian Kendrick, training with Daniel Bryan. So I, I, I can be intense. I know how to, to move in the ring, and I know how to get the job done belt to belt. But I, but I also really enjoy the theatrical part of professional wrestling, which, which I, it seems to be, I guess, my strong suit because um, it's what got me uh, nationally and you know internationally known. So uh, you know I'm, I'm not afraid to be a, a little outlandish. Uh, you know I, I do I do know what it takes to get the job done belt to belt. But you know I want I want want the audience to go home remembering remembering my persona. All right. Well, we will open up for media questions. Uh, Joey, I did get a message uh, from our uh, tech people. Sounds like we're a little scratchy. We're trying to work on this uh, media. Um, Joey, I don't know if you're uh, perhaps uh, dropping away from the uh, the phone and speak up, and we should be good to go. I apologize to the media if that was a little scratchy, that first uh, opening segment. But we will uh, switch it now for media questions. Uh, if you have a question, please star six to get into uh q a session has started to ask your question please press star six for all of your pro wrestling news check out goek.net your number one source for wrestling news since 1997 oh hello joey hello my name is stephanie from theater magazine in uk calling from france how are you i'm doing well Fine. <laughs> um, Intergender wrestling is heavily criticized and um, for many, many different reasons. Uh, some are comparing it to domestic abuse and things like that. Um, I'm going to say that. Um, how do you see it? How do you... Oh, I don't hide my words, sorry. I mean, um, if you are the advocate of it, uh, what what would you say to defend this kind of wrestling? This kind of matches? Uh, Thank you. Well, I think an important part, uh, an important difference between uh, domestic violence and professional wrestling is consent. You know, uh, the wrestlers have agreed to wrestle each other, and um, the wrestlers have, you know, agreed to uh, the, the all, all that comes with professional wrestling as opposed to um, domestic violence, which isn't consented. Um, also, you know, again, I, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm heavier on the theatrical side of uh, pro wrestling, and, you know, it, it, there tends to be a, a split between, you know, the, the professional wrestling is a sport versus professional wrestling is theater. Um, you know, in, amongst the fans and, uh, and even amongst some of the wrestlers themselves, I lean more towards the theatrical part. And in, in, in my experience, in my, you know, watching, I, you know, I think, you know, movies and TV shows, they have, you know, strong female characters and, you know, who fight men all the time and nobody really compares that to domestic violence, you know. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, like, you know, superhero movies, those people have superpowers, but... You know, I've seen plenty of movies. A, a comic blonde comes to mind when Charlie's there, and, you know, is, is fighting men throughout the whole thing, and it's nobody ever, you know, stops to say uh, or kill Bill even, you know, with Uma uh, Thurman. You know, nobody, nobody stops to say, oh, this is, you know, this is going to trigger domestic violence or trigger, you know, some. So I, I, I see it more as theatrical. I see it more as a, a Broadway play than, you know, necessarily a sport. Um, and then even some, even inside some sports. Uh, you know, like uh, you have, you can't have men and women competing against each other. Um, you know, uh, or you know, like figure, like figure skating. You know, sometimes those are an intergender act. So and that that's true. That's an Olympic sport, at least. So um, you know, so it does 
cross over a little bit in the sport, but yeah, I don't, I don't really see the trigger of it because it's consented and it's theater. To me, it's theater. Yeah, yeah, but I'm pro. I, I appreciate these kind of matches, um, mostly when they are um, like you do, doing with respect and everything is brightly made. I could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I, 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 I love it. You know, I think it, it, as a as a performer, it, uh, it it opens up new avenues for me to be creative. You know, I can't I can't think of an intergender match the same way I think into a basketball wrestling another another man because you know an important factor in making professional wrestling, but getting people to. Um, suspend their disbelief, uh, so to speak, is to make it believable or as believable as possible. So you can't just you can't do the same things with a man that you can with a woman, but you can still make those make those actions believable um, in in the, your storytelling. And you know, I, as a storyteller in professional wrestling, that really motivates me to come up with ways to not insult the audience's intelligence. Yeah. But are you back with Impact Wrestling, or is it a one-shot match? Well, so far it's just this one, but if I can score a win over a, a, a top knockout like Tessa, maybe we'll have to uh, consider it. I can continue, Ross, or Ross? Go ahead, Tessa. What was your question? Oh, no, I'm alone. I, seem, I felt like I'm alone tonight, so... Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I, wanted to give you, I wanted to give you your space, Stephanie. Uh, if you're good, we're going to move on to the next uh, caller. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, Russ. And thank you, Joey. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Joey, this is uh, Vijo from Sportskina in India. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, so my first question is, how did you come up with your gimmick, and what was the initial reaction of the people to some of your uh, to your gimmick overall? Well, the idea was, and you know, I've been doing this gimmick for quite a while now. Um, you know, when you first start wrestling, you kind of feel like you have to uh, mimic what's what's popular, what's currently popular, uh, in order to get popular yourself. But uh, once I realized that wrestling is kind of a blank canvas, you can kind of paint any picture you want. I decided to be a wrestler like the wrestling I grew up watching. Um, and I have three older brothers, so I got into watching wrestling very young and in the 80s. So I wanted to be an 80s wrestler. So you know, I grew up the chest hair, I grew up the mustache, um, and, I, and I wanted to present myself with that look, um, which which was which made wrestling a whole lot more fun for me. Is um, you know, I became kind of um, you know a, 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 an 80s looking, you know, uh, almost a parody of 80s looking wrestling, um, which was fun. Um, and the reaction was because you know I think the I think uh, an 80s icon like Magnum PI to like kind of mimic with the Hawaiian print, um, the floral patterns, uh, and as cool as Magnum PI was in the 80s, uh, you know he's uh, you know somebody who's walking down the street nowadays looking like that, he'd be you'd think he was kind of creepy or kind of sleazy. So the idea was to be a big to look like a top 80s baby face, but um, the reaction of today's fans to that look is more of a heelish reaction. So that's where the like the sleeves kind of came involved and I kind of played that up because that's what the audience, you know, the, that's how the audience was responding anyway, so I just went with it. So yeah, I just wanted to be like an 80s wrestler that I grew up, like, you know, the style of wrestling I, wa I watched. Going. I even changed the way, you know, I threw punches to, to be more 80s and the way I moved in the ring to be more 80s. And it just made it more fun for me to, to rather than try to like mimic a style or a look that I was really not necessarily not really a fan of, but just I wasn't really as into as I was when I was a kid growing up. So I just was like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll this out and see how it works and it worked well for me. Great. I have a quick follow up. Uh, you have obviously worked with a lot of the roster while in Lucha Underground, but who are some of the other talents in Impact Wrestling that you look forward to working with? You know, I've, I've been wrestling for 19 years now, so a lot of the guys in Impact Wrestling I've, I've faced at one point or another in my career. Um, you know, that's, that's when you get to a certain certain point of your career, you know, you've seen, you've seen a lot of the same faces, uh, you know, uh, time and time again. Uh, you know, obviously at Impact, you know, the, the 
states are a little bit different, so it might be might be more 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 uh, I guess of a challenge now to face them, you know, like in an impact setting. So, um, you know, I always like working, uh, you know, with Brian Cage. You know, uh, obviously I, I did with him and Luke Underground a bit. Uh, Eli Drake is another one of my favorites, a longtime friend of mine. I actually got to uh, wrestle him uh, last year at a, on an Impact Twitch stream. I think it was earlier this year even. I know it was last year. On an Impact Twitch stream, which was really fun, um, out in Tennessee. So there are a lot of people on the roster that I that I, that I really enjoy being around and have enjoyed uh, wrestling in the past. But I think, you know, in an Impact setting would be different. Great. And I have one last final question. A lot of our uh, readers wanted to know what it was like working with Mia Khalifa, the adult film actress. Uh, she's really nice. She's, she's really sweet. She really wanted to, uh, you know, she she made those comments about professional wrestling, um, and I think she didn't uh, she didn't expect the backlash she got because a lot of people don't realize how big how how wide the professional wrestling fan base is and how it's not really just an underground thing that you know it's it's pretty mainstream. So I think when she saw the reaction to it, she you know she you know, she she took responsibility of her own comments and actually went to a wrestling school and learned a little bit of wrestling. Um, you know, with uh, Thunder Rosa, who was uh, uh, Cobra Moon and Alicia Underground. Um, she, she got in the ring a little bit and, and, and you know, and then uh, Sabotage Wrestling uh, was in contact with her and they wanted to do um, a bit with her interfering, or, uh, interrupting me in the ring. And it was really, it was really fun. You know, she's really, she's a sweetheart and she, she, you know, she, she owned up to her comments about professional wrestling and, and, and really kind of learned, which is, which is, learn about it herself, which is great because some people just kind of get stubborn with their ideas. But she was open to learning about it once once she saw the backlash she got for making those comments. Wow. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Andrew, you asked three questions. You didn't even ask the most important question for Josh and myself. So we're just going to move along. You're not going to get your answer this week. But, uh, Jordan, we're going to go to a question, kind of follow up on uh, something you were just talking. The question uh, via Facebook. Coming to you from Craig Darlington. He would like to know: Would you ever shave your chest hair? Um, I sh- I used to shave it all the time. Uh, you know, when I first started wrestling. Um, uh, and since I since I decided to adopt this '80s character, um, I think I've only shaved it maybe one time, and that was uh, in an angle where I, I wrestled uh, Chris Saban, and after the match, he he pulled out a razor and shaved a little bit of it. Just to kind of to, to kind of extend our angle, we were doing it. Was that pro wrestling grow up? And then I, so I shaved it also to grow back, uh, you know, equally. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't, you know, I, it's not something I thought about since since I adopted this character. It kind of fits the look. So um, I mean, never say never, but as of right now, I'm, I'm kind of settled in with it. Jordan, would that ever be like in uh, if you ever went down to uh, back down to Mexico, uh, you know, a lucha libre match? Put uh, yeah. some put his mask on the line. You put your chest on the line. Have you done that? I have not done that, but that's not a bad idea. Well, they, uh, they usually make a few bucks on that. Maybe we can talk about that offline later. Uh, I got one more question for you directly from Facebook from Alfonso, and I apologize, Alfonso. I'm not going to pronounce your last name because I'm going to butcher it. But Alfonso would like to know, Joey, do you have a name for your junk? Glad what? Do you have a name for your junk? Oh, uh, I don't, um, which is surprising uh, because it is such a featured part of my act. Um, but no, there's no, there's no nicknames, there's no special names or anything. It's just, uh, it's just me. Um, but maybe, I'll, maybe, maybe something I'll consider. You know, maybe something I can market, something I can uh, brand even. You know, release merchandise out. You know, little side income, but we'll see. As of now, no, though. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Long. And if you want to look like a true player, then you need to get yourself a Gurick Report Podcast T-shirt. That's right. Get yourself the Gurick Report Podcast T-shirt, the same one that I'm wearing and sporting and looking good in it each and every day. And if you want to get one of them, all you got to do is go to Pro Wrestling Tees. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurick. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurick. Get your T-shirt today, and you can look as pretty as me. Holla. Hi, Joey. Thank you. I from Wrestling Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you. Uh, I'll start off by asking you, you know, how are you feeling right now that you are finally free of your Lucha Underground contract, and uh, does this make Impact more appealing to you now? 
that you are a completely free agent? Well, you know, it's, it's a weird situation because, you know, Lucha Underground was open to, like, you know, obviously there's guys that are still under Lucha Underground contract that are working with Impact Wrestling. So it wasn't necessarily a roadblock before. But I, I just felt like, to, you know, and this is the more the business side of things um, and even a little bit political, but um, I just feel like for me to be completely free of any contracts opens me up to negotiating with anybody and, and, and really opens up me getting the best offers from anybody um, you know, there's no, there's no Lucha Underground step that people have to take to get me. Um, they can come directly to me, and, and I can negotiate, and there's no restrictions, too. I can negotiate with anybody. I know Lucha Underground has, you know, restrictions for some places that they don't want you to work. Um, you know, rivals to AAA or, you know, rivals to them, Lucha Underground specifically. But, so now I can negotiate with anybody, and I can talk to anybody, and then, you know, and not only that, but it makes, there's not only a bunch more options for me to go to, but the places I do want to go to now, maybe have to, um, uh, you know, dig a little bit deeper into the pocketbook because they know that um, you know that, that I could I could literally show up anywhere at any time. So that was it. It was just more more peace of mind than anything else. The fact that there was no there was no step there's no return down step for people to take to get a hold of me. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and I'll follow up by asking you. You know, you just uh, a little while ago said you've been wrestling for 19 years, and you look not like somebody who has been wrestling for 19 years. Uh, you've really been able to make a career of this. I would just like to know the advice that you give young talent right now that is looking to kind of take a similar path that you have. Well, there's two steps. One, if you're first starting out, I always recommend finding a trainer who's been to places you want to go. Um, it's not necessarily like it's not going to it's not going to it's not necessarily gonna, necessarily going to determine you getting to those places because a lot of that's your own work and your own branding. But you know, it's, it's definitely it's, it's like a, a it's like a cheat code in the video game. You, know, you kind of have someone that can guide you to those places. Um, other than that, uh, you know, don't don't you know if you're if you're becoming a professional wrestler, you you probably you're probably a pretty big fan of it. Um, at least in this day and age, there's I think there's more wrestling fans getting into wrestling than like ex football players, so to speak. So you're probably a fan, a life, lifelong fan of it. So you have good instincts with professional wrestling. But a lot of times, we have ideas and. You know, as wrestlers, we think, oh, this will never work, or you know, I don't know how, you know, how, how to execute this. Um, and you shut down your own ideas, even though they're good. Maybe they just need to work on, you know, maybe they just need to work, like I said, on the execution of it, or you know, to to, to iron out some of the odd odd ends uh, of it. But there's nothing wrong, you know, especially wrestling is a place where you can keep on reinventing yourself. Um, so there's nothing wrong with going and trying something, and if it doesn't work, changing it up, or even just keeping the parts that did work and, and altering the parts that didn't work because usually the genesis of an idea, especially if you're a lifelong fan, is a pretty good idea because you, you understand wrestling from, for year, from years of watching it. So usually the idea is a pretty good, it's, it's usually the execution that takes work. So I, I just tell people not to shut down their own ideas just because they think they might be too far out of the box. Cool. Uh, 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 my board. Cool. Thank you very much, uh, Joey. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you at United We Fans. Uh, thanks. Hey, Joey, this is Brandy with the Pro Wrestling Post. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. I'm kind of living the wrestler life myself. I'm traveling to go to the Wrestle Summit. Um, so if you hear anything yeah. in the background, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on a porch in Kansas City with rain, and rain in the background and cars driving in the background, so... You said on Twitter that you wanted your character to have an oral fixation, and not everyone allows smoking in the building. So, what made you decide on lollipop? Well, so I was before the lollipop. I was doing, um, uh, and, I, and I think I mentioned it in the, t- in the tweet that you're talking about. Um, I would do. I would smoke a cigarette to the ring on a lot of independent shows. Um, uh, it just helped us sleaze, the sleazy look. Uh, and then, and I think I gave. I think I gave impact. The credit for telling me, like, 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 told him when I was in Impact, they told me. But I, I think the first people, I think Wrestling Society X, the MTV show I was on, I think they mentioned it too about not having a lit cigarette near the pyro because I might accidentally set it off. But I think when I brought it back up to Impact, they were like, yeah, like, makes, they kind of sat down and explained to me that, like, if you accidentally set the pyro off, it could, like, it could mortally wound you. So uh, I was like, all right, understood. I won't, I won't have the lit cigarette. Like, I mean, I guess, excuse me, I guess some wrestlers, I think if you know that Jeff Hardy smoked a cigarette and Big Show used to do in WCW, so I think if they especially gear it towards, you know, if they turn off all the pyro, but I, I don't think 
at least in, in, in my juncture of impact, there were there were a special arrangements for me. Um, but anyways, I like the idea of my character kind of wanting, you know, having like a, a an oral fixation because uh, I think it just helps the sleazy work. So I switched to the lollipops because obviously they aren't they're not going to start a fire and they're not going to set fire a lot. Um, and then through that, just became different ways to play with it and, and use it, and then actually became part of my finishing loop now. So it's just kind of it's kind of fun to see it evolve. And you know, and again, it was an idea that was on the surface just an idea, and then through time, um, it evolved into something different. That's awesome. Uh, who's in the knockout roster would you like to have an intergender match with in the future? Um, I just had one with Jordan Grace in Australia, which was really fun. Um, you know, I got this one with Tessa coming up. I worked, I guess, with Ty a, a few times. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, trying to think of any first time matches that I that I wouldn't mind. Um, I mean, I've, I've teamed with Kira Hogan a couple times before. I, I, I've never wrestled her. Um, yeah, the, 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 the knockouts roster is pretty deep, so um, I wrestled Rosemary one time. Um, so, yeah, and I think, again, through the years, I've, 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 I've had, you know, at least, you know, a match whether it's teaming or against with most of the knockouts. Um, um, Madison Lane just came back. I don't think I've ever done anything with her. So yeah, I mean maybe that one if, it's, if I'm going for a first time match. But yeah, uh, you know I've had the, I've had the, the pleasure in my long, my many many years of professional wrestling. Not, not not to make myself felt old, but I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of the, the current knockouts. That's awesome. So what is different about Impact Wrestling that comes
I use uh, the blowpuff spray when in in and uh, when I wrestle, um, and the one that's consistently like the one that the one that I'm never tired of, I guess, would be uh, the blue raspberry flavor, which is a little bit rare. It's not it's not one of the ones you can, that comes in the combo pack. It just kind of starts to out. So whenever I get the chance to get blue raspberry, I'm always uh, I'm always a little extra excited. I just thought about Joey. Maybe he's had the, the answer that everybody's been looking for 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 years and decades. How many licks does it take to get center? Well, you know, I never actually get to that part because uh, I, uh, you know, I, I always end up giving it to someone in the audience on my entrance or, you know, giving it to my opponent for my finishing move. So I never actually finish them. I never get to the gum of a blow pop. You know, it's always, it's always, I always end, I always end my blow pop adventures prematurely. All right. Well, guess we'll still wait to find out how many licks it takes. Yeah. Hi, this is Bill Richard from WrestleZone. How are you, Joey? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, so, I know you just got out of the contract with Lucha Underground, but would there be a big benefit to you signing another exclusive deal just so you would maybe keep yourself on a national level again? Well, I mean, there's, there's that. I mean, obviously, after the pros and cons, and then the benefit versus, you know, you know versus weighing, weighing the benefits, but you know, I'm not in a rush to necessarily because I think, I think you know, with social media and you know this independent wrestling boom, I think a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of national notoriety coming just from doing the independent wrestling. You know, t- you know, Twitter's big, Instagram's big. You know, everybody sees everything now. When I first started wrestling, if I wanted to watch a show that was happening in New York, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. I'd have to wait, you know, three months for it to get released on VHS. Then I'd have to go find a tape trader that would sell it or trade it. You know, like, it would be such a, but now everything is, there's, you know, there's gifts or budgets people were um, of every show almost immediately or video clips from fans in the audience. So I think, you know, I think there's a, there's a, you can get national notoriety for being independent right now currently. Um, you know, a contract is nice because it's, it's kind of safe. You know, you have a job, you have income, even maybe when you're not hustling your own bookings independently. That's that's one of the benefits, but the way I look at it right now is, is I'm not in a huge rush because it's like when you when you're in a long term relationship and you and you break up, it's not healthy just to jump right into a new relationship. You know, kind of be single for a little while and feel it out and and and, and wait till the, the wounds heal and then you'll have a clearer picture of where you want to go and who you want to be. Um, so right now, I think I'm just gonna stay independent for a little while and then figure out what's best for me for me. Okay, and then as a follow-up, you mentioned earlier you're okay with, you know, presenting yourself as a spectacle, but is there an instance where you ever turned down an idea for one reason or another, whether it was, like, you thought it was too unsafe or, you know, went against your, like, personal beliefs or something like that? Um, I mean, there's always, I mean, yeah, the safe thing is kind of like, uh, you know, obviously I won't do anything that's super dangerous. I've never done deathmatch stuff. Um, before, you know, that's just personal preference, but, you know, having the, sh- the shtick that I do, you know, I always want to make sure that my opponents can, can do what they do because they're willing to play along with what, I, what I've what i got. It's, it, and it's a little bit silly sometimes, so if they're willing to, to do it, they, you know, to help me get my stuff over, I'm, I want to be willing, willing and open to get their stuff over. So I, I really turn down ideas for spots and moves that would help my opponent, you know, get, get to where they want to be. Um, as far as ideas go, sometimes... I mean, it's never like it's it's never like a, a huge part of uh, of a match. Like, for instance, the one that comes to the top of my head is like I recently turned down uh, a kiss spot with another man, and it's not because I didn't want to kiss because I've done plenty of I kissed plenty of men in wrestling matches in my life, but um, I felt like it was forced. I felt like it was it was the, the way that it was presented to me was like, hey, let's show everybody how progressive we are by kissing in this match. And I didn't needed it, so I, I thought that maybe like it was more. Like, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't play well with what we had. And I thought it was more, like, eye-rolling than, than anything. Because, like, I don't want to do... I don't want to do a spot just just to show that we're progressive, so to speak. So that, that comes to mind. Um, but never... I don't. I can't think of anything in an instant where I turned down, like, a major part of a match. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Hey, uh, this is Riju from Sportskila again. I had one follow-up question. 
because of your outrageous style, you have uh, some critics, especially Jim Cornette. What do you think of him uh, picking on you so many times? Thank you. Well, um, I mean, he, he won. There's, there's quite a few traditionalists. I don't really care but for what I do. But you know what? I've noticed that, you know, the, the negative is always more vocal. You know, if you like something, you're less likely to talk about it than if you hate something. If you're, you want your outrage out. So I, I, I just did a show with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he saw my, my, my stuff for the first time. And when I came back to the locker room, he, he's like, man, I loved it. He's like, I, I know what it's like. And he held up his two-by-four. He's like, I needed something stupid to get me over, too. And, and that was the biggest compliment, one of the biggest compliments. So, like, there are traditionalists who understand that, you know, getting something over is difficult, and keeping it over is even more difficult. So they, they, get, they get where I'm coming from. Um, as far as, uh, like, I mean, I, you know, I was a fan of Cornette growing up. You know, it just, we, just, we just don't see eye-to-eye -eye wrestling. And that's fine. You don't, wrestling is subjective. You don't have to have the same opinion. I don't need everyone to be my fan. Um, you know, that's not what I'm after. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's going to happen no matter what, you know. You know, I can, I can name, you know, 100 wrestlers right now that get, you know, that get, that get buried by other wrestlers or other, you know, personalities from the past. And, you know, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega get it. And, you know, Sammy Callahan gets it. And, you know, they, they all get that kind of, the same kind of heat that I get. But, you know, it seems their own, I guess. That's cliche to say, but I mean, there's wrestling for everybody out there. And, you know, I, I found a fan base that supports what I do. And that's, I'd rather focus on the positive than the negative. All right, Joey, we're going to go to a uh, YouTube question that uh, came in Russian. And Google translated from Gaius uh, Augustus. Uh, and I'm not even sure if this is a question for you or actually for me. Uh, he would like to know if your junk would be a guest on a future episode of Press Pass Podcast. Hey guys, Marty Daniels here. Check out Gerwick.net today for all of your wrestling news, breaking stories, TV recaps, live pay-per-view coverage, pay-per-view archives, complete WWE talent rosters for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Gerwick.net is your number one source for everything professional wrestling. Hey, Joey and Ross. It's Mike Johnson from PW Insider. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. So you had a, um, a pectoral issue last year you were torn your pec uh yeah. i was wondering how it how it's doing uh you know did you, at one point you were talking about surgery but that did, obviously hasn't happened so where are we because obviously you're gonna be wrestling tests that weekend you're gonna have other matches coming up you're wrestling this weekend uh where are we in terms of the injury are you just working around it or if you rehabbed it where do you stand on that so yeah in november early november last year i or something in my chest, you know, and then I went to the doctor, and the doctor, you know, looked at it and looked at the, looked at the bruising and the swelling and said it didn't look good, and that, you know, uh, she recommended me to have surgery. Um, so I met with a surgeon, so I got an MRI. Um, uh, sorry, I should I should rewind. The doctor sent me to get an MRI. When she got the results, she said, yeah, you, you, it looks like you're going to need surgery. Um, so, you know, I took the MRI results to the surgeon, and the surgeon looked at it, and he kind of gave me a couple of tests of his own. And he said that uh, it looks like, he said it looked like there's still enough muscle attached. Um, there, there wasn't a major tear. It was like several micro tears is what he called it. But he said there was still enough muscle attached um, to my chest and my shoulder connect that we could rebuild that muscle and we could possibly avoid surgery. So he recommended physical, so the surgeon recommended physical therapy instead of surgery. So I went to the physical therapist and I started the physical therapy sessions and started rebuilding the muscle and, he saw no complications, so he okayed me to uh, go back to work. So I started doing, I eased myself back into matches in February, so like maybe three months after the after the, the tears, um, I, I eased my back in, myself back into doing matches.
for, for a little while. Um, and, you know, I had no issues, no problems. And the more I did physical therapy, the more the stronger it got. Um, so then I started taking more, you know, singles matches or more, you know, serious matches. Um, and I've had no issues so far. Um, wrestling, I mean, it's, it's, it feels normal when I wrestle. Um, you know, I, I, you, can, you can see a little bit of the, the tears in there. Like, it looks a little bit different on my left pec than my right pec. But other than that, I, I haven't really felt anything any changes really um i'm still being very protective of it i'm not i'm not lifting weights like i was before you know i'm keeping light weights high reps more um now you know chasing my workouts doing a little bit more um high impact training um you know a little bit more cardio just to kind of keep myself in conditioning because i can't lift like i once did and the physical therapist i'm you know still i saw sessions he said you know you gotta be consistent and it's a, a slow process but he says you know uh, in, a, in you know another year or so i could probably be up to 90 percent of what it was which is kind of the best. He said that even, even if you get surgery, you're never going to be 100% again. So he said, he said that physical therapy is going well, and I can probably get it to be about 90% of where it was if I keep consistent. So that's where I'm at. And I, like I said, I've never, it, it hasn't bugged me one time wrestling, and it, and it hasn't prevented me from doing anything wrestling. Um, so I'm just, like I said, slowly building the strength back up in it. Uh, you talked a little bit about the Lucha Underground situation earlier on. Now that you're out of there and you're through that tunnel and you can look back, do you regret signing the contract when you did? And do you wish maybe they had just been a little bit more lenient? And had they been lenient, would you have been okay with staying with them? Well, so, you know, I, I, when I signed the contract, I mean, it was, it was fine when I signed the contract. But, you know, and I was happy to. And I, and I loved the product. And I loved the crew. I loved the, the producers and the writers and the other wrestlers. I, if... I would work there forever if there was work. The problem is that there's not work. Um, and, you know, so, you know, when I signed, you know, they were doing, I signed between season one and season two. And, you know, there was maybe like a three-month break between season one and season two. And then we filmed season three almost right after that. So, like, it was, so it looked like, you know, they were going to film, like, at least two seasons a year. And then after season two, right after season three, there was, like, a year before season four. And then... It's been over a year since season four, and it just, that was the thing, is, there's just no work. We're, we're, like, locked into these contracts where there's no work that needs to be done. So it's just kind of, you know, there's, there's really no point to it, um, uh, to being locked in, because it doesn't even look like anyone's even working on season five, and I don't know if season five is actually going to happen. So um, that, that was it. I mean, it was, I wasn't misled. They didn't tell me they were going to, they didn't say, hey, if you sign this, we're going to, you know, we're going to film two seasons of the year. That was the impression I got just from being around that situation and, and you know so I don't regret it necessarily and it gave me like you know it gave me some fun segments I got to do the, the undercover police thing uh, police officering which was very fun it was different got, got a different kind of creative juices flowing for me so I got a lot out of it and like, like I said if, if I love the product and, the, and the, the crew and the cast and if there was work I would stay there forever but there's just not work and I, I needed to be free again like I mentioned earlier I needed to be free to, to really like to not have you know, I didn't want people to have to take that step. Well, if, if we want a friendship, Joey, we have to talk to Lucha Underground because he's con contractually obligated. I just wanted to be free from that so I could negotiate my best rights and my best deals with whoever I decided to, to, to negotiate with. So one last question. At United We Stand, you're going to be wrestling Tessa. Uh, great wrestler. Um, you guys are familiar with each other. The intergender wrestling aspect of pro wrestling has become more and more integrated uh, in wrestling in general. We've seen WWE do the Mixed Match Challenge. It's on just about every major independent show you can think of now. The first time the idea was pitched to you, did you ever think it would become as commonplace and as much of a cornerstone of wrestling on the independent scene as it's become? Because, you know, wrestling is whatever people are willing to pay for and whatever the product is that they want to pay for. But the one thing that's interesting to me is how commonplace the intergender stuff has become. As someone who's made a lot of money doing it and is going to make money doing it, United We Stand, are you surprised at how prevalent it's become? Well, I guess so I, did, I never really thought about it as being something like because again, I always think of wrestling as theater, so I, I, I never really thought of it as, as a, a thing that was different or unique. Because again, I grew up watching WWE, and you know, like obviously I was you know teenager during that era, so. You know, and they had a lot of intergender stuff going on there. So it was just, it was, it was just wrestling to me. And you know, when I first started wrestling, so I wrestled a few, a few women, a few, you know, against a few women. 
And it was really fun about it. Something, and, and, and it's when I started teaming with Candice and we became a regular tag team that, uh, you know, that it became something different, that people looked at it differently and, and people started associating us with being different. And because to me, I thought it was like a cool idea, but like there were some people, especially like after we had our guerrilla warfare match with the Young Bucks and Candice Bled, that there was a little bit of backlash there. But no, it was mostly positive, so we kept, we kept, ro- kept rolling with it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really only when I started teaming with Candice that I really saw that people thought of it as something different or unique. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I mean, I think it's a natural progression, um, you know, especially in the way the world is today is that, you know, we're, we're getting, um, working on, um, you know, as a society, even getting, working on more, trying, trying to be more equal, I think, in, 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 in a, in a progressive society. And, you know, there's like a lot of strong female characters in movies and comic books and TV and, you know, and, and, Wrestling is I think it's a natural progression for wrestling to to not because obviously back in like if you watch Attitude Era some of that intergender stuff is just, other than China China was I mean you can you can you can mock them doing like that that house warming match or house clean whatever because you know obviously because China's a woman they they did the stuff with Jared about cleaning but you know that was part of the angle they were doing so I think other than China a lot of the intergender stuff they did was kind of more like cringy I think but now it's take, now it's taken a little bit more serious where women are treated as serious competitors that can, you know, that can go toe-to-toe with, with men or they can beat men. So I think that's the natural progression is, is to build uh, strong female characters um, to go with, you know, to, to compete in the ring. All right, sir. I appreciate the time and uh, stay healthy and best of luck to you going forward. Thank you. If you want to truly style and profile and tell it like it is, you got to be wearing the official t-shirt. Head over right now to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurit. That is the official merchandise store of Gurit.net. Eight great designs, $17.99. Plus shipping and handling will get you one of our shirts. Check them out today, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurit. They ship internationally, domestically, PayPal, debit, credit, you name it, they got it. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurick. And for the latest in pro wrestling news, keep it locked to Gurick.net, your number one source on the World Wide Web for the latest in pro wrestling news since 1997. Uh, Stephanie, Post-Dear Child Magazine again. Um, I wanted to know what wrestlers that influenced you to be up that character, this really macho man. Um, who are the wrestlers that influenced you? And if not, maybe not wrestlers. Right. Um, like I said, I, you know, I, 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 when, I, when I adopted the look, I, I looked for like cool 80s, so I looked at Magnum P.I. And obviously, you know, Magnum T.A. also you know, was was an extension of the Magnum PI uh, coolness of the eighties. So yeah, I wasn't the first wrestler to to take that look. But um you know, I just like I said in in you know it, it was kinda weird because growing up, you know, having three older brothers in, in, in wrestling, my, my older brothers always like the bad guys, like the Jake Roberts, the Rick Ruth, and I was always like Hulk Hogan or Rick Steamboat, British Bulldogs. But I, I can't really say that, that those guys influenced the way it was. It was more like like I said the the heels of the genre that influenced the look. Um, as far as, so I mean, I think, I think I'm just heavily, in, for style-wise, I think I'm just heavily influenced by the Attitude Era itself, because I, that was during my formative years, um, you know, and I, that was when wrestling was most exciting to me. So I try to, try to do that, I guess, a little bit, a little bit of controversy, a little bit of flash, a little bit of, you know, character, a little bit over the top. Just, I try to, try to present myself as that, because that's what, that's the wrestling that I, you know, if I fell in love with wrestling in the, in, in the 80s, the attitude era is when I really, like, bonded with it. I really became emotionally invested in it. And I guess I just try to present a little bit of that, um, you know, as to where a lot of wrestling is trying to tail away from that. Um, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily, um, you know, is it, like I said, the, the look is based on, like, you know, the 80s wrestlers I saw when I was growing up. Um, but the, the style is more of, like, a 90s style, late 90s style of, of WWE. Yeah, Magnum PI, but without the, the car, without the red yeah. car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ferrari, the Ferrari, the, the, the Italian red car. Um, and do you feel like uh, when you were on national television, 
official t-shirt store for Gerwick and the Gerwick Report podcast at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gerwick. Eight great designs and all t-shirts are just $17.99 plus shipping and handling. Or just visit ProWrestlingTees.com and search Gerwick to find our store.